what was kind of the progression that ultimately happened to end up in the adult industry? I'm going to go for the ass pinching. Yeah, I'd, I'd do the ass pinching too. The gray sweatpants part got me. There was a lot flapping about everywhere. Quite sizable. Oh dear. Just to give kind of, just to give people some context, mm -hmm. um, yeah, tell us who you are, kind of everything that you were doing before OnlyFans, leading up, and everything like that. Yeah, so I'm Adrena Winters, and I actually started in the adult industry in 2010, so like maybe a decade before OnlyFans. <laughs> um, wow. I started when like top shelf magazines were a thing. Um, and shoot, shooting, shooting for like studios was like the only way really of, of doing porn. So like I shot for like Evil Angel and Fake Taxi and Hustler and all those kinds of sites. Um, and, um, yeah, it wasn't really till COVID, um, happened that OnlyFans really took off for me and I'm so glad it did. Nice. So I don't really know anything about, um, X biz and and all these things and Sierra. Yeah. So when we were kind of looking at your social media stuff, we were, um, you know, Sierra kind of jumped and dove a lot deeper about how all that stuff works. I don't really know anything about it, but but what did you? What was your kind of, or what did you kind of learn about how all that stuff works? What kind of questions do you have about all that? Well, I saw that that seems to be just like an um, adult industry news platform yeah. is that right yeah it's correct yeah because i looked and it had just incredible amounts of information about sex toys and who's doing what where on even some only creators um and so they had like an award show for you guys recently is that right yeah so in la um it's kind of like the big um, awards. I don't know if you know ABN. ABN is kind of considered like the biggest adult awards, yeah. I guess. And then Exhibit LA kind of is kind of getting up there to being equal to, I guess. Um, and they happen one week uh, after each other. Um, yeah, I guess it's they're, they're yeah they're kind of on a parallel. Um, so I was nominated for Clip Artist of the Year. Um, it didn't get it, oh. but still, it's still very cool to be to be nominated. Um, yeah. And it's been really interesting. I've been attending uh, the awards for quite a while now, and it used to be very, very, very um, studio-focused. Um, and then they launched XBiz Miami, which will be in April or May this year, which was very much just clip artist-focused, which I thought was cool that they were sort of recognising that there was this kind of surge of independent creators uh, coming up through. Um, but, yeah, now those sort of categories are even in the, the mainstream um, awards as well. So, yeah, it's been cool. So, like, your OnlyFans is, yeah. you shoot that more, like, amateur style, like you're shooting that at home? Yeah. Or do you shoot with, like, a production group or something? No, I, I kind of completely moved away from all the production co companies. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, I shot for Brazzers. Maybe last year, but that's like the one scene I've done in like <laughs> since COVID, really. Oh, <laughs> that's cool though. Yeah. Then you just have full control of your. I just, I love that I get to choose who I work with, when, how, just everything. There's just so much more to yeah. me with 
being a content creator rather than just being hired by a studio to do whatever they want you to do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really know much. I'm curious about kind of how the back end business side of the of the professional adult industry works. Like how how do they kind of pay their models or like what how, you know when you're comparing that to OnlyFans, like what are the differences in terms of? I mean, obviously with OnlyFans, you kind of make your own schedule, you do your own thing, you make your yeah. you make your own money, everything like that. But how does the kind of business side of it work with the you know professional adult industry? Uh, you just get paid for the scene. So you just get one flat rate. So just show up, do the scene, go home. And that's it. There's no more. I guess the hard thing with OnlyFans is like, because it's, you know, your own business, your own thing. It's kind of like a 24 seven, like, you know, when, when in the context of like a normal job, or like, if you're going and doing those scenes and stuff like that, you go, you show up to work, you do your thing. Yeah. And then you can kind of just turn it off and not yeah. have to think about it after that versus OnlyFans where you're constantly thinking about your marketing, constantly thinking about creating content, constantly trying to, you know, think about creative angles and certain ways to do stuff. Um, do you find that part of it more exhausting on the OnlyFans side in comparison to what you were doing before? Uh, for me personally, I really love the the geeky side of running my own business. And I love getting stuck into well, all the stuff that you're into, like all the all the optimization and the marketing and all that kind of stuff. Like that's the bit that I find most interesting, the kind of um, the the bit that people expect you to be, just be doing 24-7, the, the content and the sexting is just kind of a small part really for me and I really enjoy all the all the admin and the geeky stuff so for me I prefer it than uh showing up and not having any input in what's going on well and you surely make more money do you make more money yeah. doing OnlyFans yeah, yeah because you yeah. can make money off the same video for your whole life even when I retire I plan on still selling <laughs> selling my content yeah. forever like I want to be same. 90 and still be seeing the sales on my videos <laughs> Oh, I did look up your YouTube channel okay. and I saw that you have your own podcast. I do. It's still new. I'm still kind of finding my feet with it. Um, I'm just doing it once a month at the moment, but I would like to increase that. I just didn't want to overcommit. Um, but yeah, so far it's it's good. It's kind of just another great way of kind of having some safe work content, although it's still quite crazy. But um, <laughs> but yeah. Like I listened to your most recent um, some of it, the interview with Shadow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was listening to that. He's someone that you've performed with. Yeah, I gather. Okay. Yeah, and he seemed great. Yeah, and I, I thought your your conversation was really cute. Just because the premise of your podcast is like size, is it called Size Queen Society? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really cute and kind of different. <laughs> and so he. The gray sweatpants part got me. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> but yeah. it made me think I wanted to ask you because do you know who Drake is? Yes. Right? Yes. And this whole thing with his yeah. talk being just all over the place. Yeah. And everyone's like on a mad hunt to find these clips. Yeah. Myself included. Did you see it? I did. Yeah, I was on Twitter yesterday, and I saw the hashtag come up. I guess because I'm in the UK, I was on yeah. in the middle of the day. By the time it started hash uh, trending um, in America, 
Um, and I was kind of on Twitter anyway. So yeah, I found it um, and I saw it. Yes. I just saw the picture. I didn't get to see the video. I'm a little sad. There was a lot flapping about everywhere. Yeah, this is like an hour and a half long or something. It's oh, really I didn't long. see that much. Oh, I only saw like a 20 oh. second clip, but yeah. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I saw that there was like a long video, but I'm like, oh. I didn't see any of it. But I saw that it was quite sizable. <laughs> it was a lot of names. And yeah. um, there was a, personally, I would, the first thing that sprung to my mind was that it was a bit of a pencil dick. I don't know if that's a term in America, but in the UK, it's like, yeah. there's a lot of length and all of girth going on. Um, yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it. But everyone else seems to be blown away by it. But I am a size queen, so yeah, <laughs> I'm difficult well, to I, uh, to impress. <laughs> it was compared to the average, it was impressive yeah. in length, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And then um, I think just because of who he is, yeah. you know, everyone's just like, uh, drooling over it. I'm like, gotta find the video. Still, it's hard to find. I tried to look for it last oh. night and. It's like he scrubbed it from the internet or something. I, I sent a link to my friend. If it's still if it's still out there, I will forward the link to you. Um, oh yeah, um, send it. Yeah. I retweeted a video of an elephant, uh, which was kind of very similar. <laughs> yeah, I've seen and a lot of people like imitating it, being like, yeah, with like a sock or whatever. Yeah. So I'm curious. I want to back up a bit because I'm always <laughs> curious, kind of, um, what happens in or basically what is the trajectory that leads people into the adult industry? So um, tell me a little bit about like, what was your childhood like? And then ultimately what, what was kind of the progression that ultimately happened to end up in the adult industry? Yeah. So I was always very open-minded and never uh, worried particularly about what society's views were of me I don't know why I just never did I just I've always had like controversial taste in music and style and like I've just never tried to fit in or conform which I think helps you know like even my first boyfriend I think had uh had a bit of a crazy time because I was just up for trying everything like I they were I was just like why not it just never even occurred to me that people <laughs> People might be reserved or have any kind of reservations with anything. I was just like, yeah, let's just just go for it. Um, so I think it's always just been in my nature. Um, but then, um, uh, ultimately, I got made redundant twice from like conventional jobs, and um, I'd started doing like some some photo shoots and some I'd kind of got into the fetish industry a bit and things just kind of fell into place where I kind of was just like well a conventional job's not really working for me anymore so maybe I'll see how this route pans out for me and and um yeah I just put some photos online and then a production company approached me to do a scene for them which was like a proper big production with like sound man and camera crew and makeup and you just got picked up like someone saw you and yeah were like yeah this girl <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome uh, it was for like a spoof boy band documentary and i was a choreographer <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah it was like a whole production thing so yeah and i was i thought oh. about it for a bit and i was like do i want to go down this route and i was like yeah sure so um yeah that was my first on-camera sex um, uh, oh 
So did so did you start? Did you get paid like a lot of money right away, or like what what were you making at your regular job before that? And then, so I was working at Pizza Hut, so I was on like seven pounds an hour or whatever it was. <laughs> oh my! Um, and then, um, yeah, this company. I mean, in hindsight, like it's not a lot of money now. Now that I know like what what people can get paid doing a scene, um, but I think I must have been offered like three hundred and fifty pounds or something like that to do the sex scene. Which when you're being paid seven pounds an hour, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I, I think that was a fairly standard rate at the time back back then. So, by the way, if you want to join us in the OnlyFans Level Up community, that is where I share all of my best secrets and strategies for OnlyFans creators, many of which are hitting really big numbers, as you may have seen from various guests on this podcast, but. Either way, it's a great place to be if you want to network or learn all of the best secrets and strategies to grow your OnlyFans account. You can find all of that information with the link down in the description below. But for now, back to the podcast. That would obviously seem appealing because, you know, a scene is, you know, working a few hours or whatever compared yeah. to it probably takes you a whole week to make that same amount at, at um, you know, a normal job or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was that definitely was that added appeal for sure. Interesting. And then so okay, and then so how long did you kind of spend in the industry? What what are kind of some of the biggest takeaways? Because I've heard you know other creators who migrated away from the adult industry went into OnlyFans or whatever, and they have all kinds of horror stories of things that happen in the adult industry. So did anything happen? Like was there any super dramatic situations that happened during your years of doing that? They were always like creepy, predatory type producers slash cameramen who would try and have off-camera sex with you. You'd kind of have to try and navigate and make it very clear that that wasn't on the cards. And yeah, that was that was quite common, <laughs> common practice. Generally speaking, are the other creator, or I guess they're not creators, performers in that scenario, generally people are pretty friendly and chill or is there like drama um so I mean we're talking quite a while ago I guess that I was in the industry and I guess there was quite a lot of drama um I guess it kind of was a bit sort of um I think the problem is is that you're very dependent on being cast by the director for you to get your your money um and so I guess you do very much see other people as competition. Um, and so rather than like a supportive environment, like there is now with the content creator world, you know, if someone else was getting that job, it was kind of taking money out of your pocket because that was a scene that you weren't going to get. So yeah, I guess that kind of ended up harboring a bit of a... Yeah, I could see that. So it was a much more like competitive doggy yeah. dog type of yeah. uh, situation. Okay. I had friends that in the industry, they're like, they were nice people, but yeah, there was definitely some drama as well. Okay. And then, so when, so at what point did you discover OnlyFans? Way before it took off. Um, I'm trying to think in my stats, what, what year it was. I want to say off the top of my head, 2017, but dates aren't my forte. I'm going to, I'm going to go with 2017. I might be wrong. Um, but like, if I go back to my like monthly earnings, it would be like twenty dollars a month, and that was kind of the case for like a good 
two or three years <laughs> where I'd like just throw a, a clip on there and kind of forget about it and then be like, oh, yeah, there was that website that I was trying to make a girl. Oh, I better put a new picture on it. Oh, my it. gosh. Don't you wish you just <laughs> knew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, COVID became a thing and everyone was stuck at home. And then that's when I really sort of started taking it seriously. Um, I had been shooting of my own content um, before um, a lot of people were. Um, I was in a relationship at the time with a camera guy. Um, and so we were filming a lot of our own scenes um, for like many vids, a lot of the clip stores. So I was, I was already kind of in the clip store realm, um, but I hadn't kind of got on with the fan sites um, until COVID. Interesting. So when so when you kind of like started taking it serious, did you start making a lot a lot of money right away, or did it take some time? I, I feel like COVID hit, and there was just like this massive upwards spike, uh, um, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, this is a thing. I better start <laughs> start focusing on this." You can just link right on like Pornhub or whatever. They let you put your OnlyFans link right yeah. on there, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. So is that where you were getting your traffic from Pornhub or were you on TikTok and stuff at that time? No, I was not. I wasn't doing TikTok at all. Um, and I've only started taking that seriously since I started watching <laughs> started watching your content. Um, yeah, I Twitter was big for me. Um, and I used to get a lot of traffic because of shooting for studios like they like, uh, I don't know, I think it's kind of big in America, but in the UK, we had a massive porn site called Fake Taxi. Um, and a lot of those scenes would be on Pornhub. So that like, you'd get a lot of traffic just from them putting their scenes on Pornhub. But I feel like that was also kind of a hindrance for me as a content creator, because people could find really explicit long videos <laughs> of me for yeah. free that other people had put out there, which I had no control over. Well, there's, I know of a few other creators who use, you know, the tube sites as their primary traffic yeah. uh, system. What? So if we kind of break down all the sources of traffic that you're using, well, first of all, yeah, what are, what are kind of all the platforms and traffic methods, platforms that you're using to drive fans to your page right now? Um, so I was focusing really heavily on Reddit and Twitter until I found you and you were like that shit you should use instagram and tiktok <laughs> so i've been focusing a lot more on those um um but i still kind of i i have kind of put reddit to the side but it like i do still have a lot of content on reddit which i'm sure is still bringing traffic through um i uh, do a lot of collaborations with other content creators because i can't feel like I don't know. I feel like shout outs don't really work for me, but I feel like if I'm in someone else's content, then guys are like, oh, who's that? Okay. And then they, they kind of click the tag. Um, I am on all the tube sites. I'm finding X videos is doing better for me currently than Pornhub. I still post monthly on there, but not as much as I, as I had been. Gotcha. And do you like, I don't know how you measure what comes from where, but, um, do you do any kind of back-end tracking so that you know, you know, how many fans are coming from those sites versus, um, 
you know, the more of the mainstream platforms and stuff like that? I've never really found a way to do that. I used to ask them and I used to do like little polls and be like, how did you find me? Um, but I just never found I got that much engagement. Like I'd get like six guys who wanted to tell me. It used to be like part of my welcome message, like, let me know where you found me. Um, but yeah, I've just found it really hard to find any kind of good way of getting any good statistics on that. Gotcha. Well, one of the ways that I do it, some and people might like this can be helpful in certain situations, and for others it's not as important. But for anybody who's wanting to be able to track, um, the way that I do it is uh, I use. I mean, there's all kinds of different link pages out there, Linktree, Beacons, you know, all this stuff. Um, so I'll use Beacons because you can create a lot of different link link pages uh, within Beacons. And so what I'll do is I'll have like um, a certain beacons landing page specifically for Pornhub and a right. certain uh, beacons page specifically for Instagram and all these different things. And then if you go into your OnlyFans account, you can actually create specific tracking links. So you would put a specific yeah. tracking link on the, on the, you know, the tube site one, a specific tracking link on the Instagram one, specific tracking link on the Reddit one. And so that way you can kind of see how much clicks and fans you're getting from each individual source. And so that can be really helpful if you're really, because a lot of times people put a lot of time and effort into a platform that they think they're getting a lot of fans from because they're, you know, getting a lot of views or whatever, but in actuality, it's not actually getting clicks or conversions Yeah. when over here, they're not getting as many views, but they're actually getting a lot of clicks and conversions. And so sometimes it can be helpful to kind of break those things apart and track them. So you can say, Oh, okay this is actually the thing that's getting the most fans and traffic. And, you know, then you can kind of put more effort into that thing. So yeah, I use the tracking links, but because I generally use my link tree across almost all platforms, it doesn't mm. really, <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. that useful, <laughs> but yeah, that beacons thing sounds cool. I have to look that one up. Yeah. It's just a link tree alternative, but, um, Linktree doesn't allow you to just create a ton of, you know, basically duplicate yeah. um, landing pages. You can kind of only have that one um, yeah. unless you get the paid version or whatever. Uh, but yeah, Beacons allows you to create a bunch of different ones, which kind of makes it easier to track in that way. So anyway, that's just for people that are trying to do that. Because I get, I do get that question quite a bit from people. Well, because like, well, OnlyFans, until they have power to put that page in our statistics for us, but no. I know. Well, the problem is even with the OnlyFans tracking links, they're still not completely accurate because I've kind of tracked everything manually and then used the OnlyFans tracking links. And the OnlyFans tracking links only capture data about one third of the time. So right. even if you're tracking through the OnlyFans tracking links and it's telling you that you have you know, three conversions from a certain source, well, the reality is you probably have nine because it didn't capture... Yeah, you know those those additional conversions. So that's just something to keep in mind too for people that are using the OnlyFans tracking links. Is that you kind of have to whatever the number is that's being shown from the OnlyFans tracking link, you have to multiply it by three to have kind of a more accurate uh, representation of what that number actually is. So yeah. Anyway, just for people that are trying to track, that's a little little tip for oh it's really know. helpful like you say there's no point in like putting loads of effort into one platform and then it's not actually even converting so what do you got 
Um, I was curious to hear a little bit about what type of content you're making on OnlyFans. Is it similar to what you were making on the, um, like on Pornhub and all that? Or do you, did you change your like style of content at all for OnlyFans? Yeah, it's been a little bit of a um, process um, because I kind of come from a studio porn background where it's just like, okay, well, all porn is just a sex scene that starts off with like a blowjob and then like four or five different sex positions and then a cum shot and then that's it. Like I just got so used to like, this is what <laughs> I have to feel. Yeah. Um, that is what I started off filming for the clip stores. And then that's what I started putting on my OnlyFans. But I was like, this doesn't make sense because this is like quite high value, like long length content that just isn't really working here. Like I don't really know how to, like I don't want to put it on my feed because guys aren't prepared to pay like a big subscription price. And like, oh, so, um, and I kind of, there's too much of me out there to go down like the Instagram model route of just putting cute selfies on my feed. Um, so... For me, I found that I really like doing the the JOIs and the all the, the kind of just sat talking to camera kind of stuff that I and I find my fans really like that. I've really kind of honed in on a few different niches, so I just find that yeah, the guys to slap those up, um, and then I still sell the the longer length hardcore videos, but just as pay per view in there in the DMs. And do you have a free page or you have a paid subscription page? I have both. I have a paid page and then I have a free page, which weirdly like sometimes earns more than my paid page and then just completely dies to death and then comes back up and I'm like, I don't get, <laughs> I don't get why. But Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason why. <laughs> like even I like I try to measure stuff pretty thoroughly and sometimes there's just no fucking explanation of why yeah. certain platforms just completely start you know stop working start working and things like that but um yeah there's usually it's it's always a cycle because i think a, a lot of um creators kind of panic and even sierra recently with her instagram account was not getting as many views as it was and there's a lot of creators that are complaining about that right yeah. now and i think um well we just shot a pod episode last week where I was kind of talking about this a little bit, but I think the reason people are feeling it so much more right now, specifically with Instagram is because, um, you know, last year at this time, it was kind of similar. Like there was a pretty, you know, low dip. And when you're kind of, when you're looking at these metrics and the data day by day, it can sort of put you in a panic when you're, when you know things go down and you're not getting as much views as, as they used to but if you kind of zoom out and you look at it on a monthly basis or even a you know 3 month basis just like the stock market just like anything there's it's generally going to go up and then there's going to be a retracement and then it's going to go up and there's going to you know go back down so i think for creators that are really kind of feeling the pain with instagram right now is to really just try to zoom out, not look at it on a daily or a weekly basis, but really kind of look at it on, you know, a monthly minimum, or at least, you know, every three months, and you'll kind of see that the, it's, there's not actually anything that out of the ordinary going on, if you look at it from on a big, big time frame rather than like a day by day time frame. That's so much easier said than done, though. To well, yeah, not look at it. Okay. Well, yeah, but and the, the other component is that 
you know, last year at this time when it was a similar situation, um, TikTok was a much bigger player. And so creators weren't quite as dependent on Instagram at that time because they were getting a pretty decent amount of traffic from TikTok and other sources. But this year or over recent months, a lot of creators have sort of migrated over to Instagram. And so now that Instagram's kind of having one of the one of these low <laughs> moments, creators are really feeling it uh, hard right now with, with Instagram. But that's something I've been getting a lot of DMs from creators that are like, what do I do? What do I do? Instagram's dead. Nothing's working. I'm like, I, and like Sierra said, easier said than done, but you know, try to kind of just zoom out, look at it from bigger timeframes. There's nothing super unordinary happening. This kind of just happens, uh, over and over again, there's going to be peaks and valleys, but is that something that you've, uh, experienced right now with Instagram? I mean, for me, Instagram was never any good. I have been shadow banned for as long as I can remember. And it's only until they've brought in the more transparent, mm. where it sort of shows you which pictures are holding you back. And I'm like, cool, well, let's just delete them, that I've actually started <laughs> getting some some views. Like, I've just been shadow banned forever. So I'm actually getting more views than I used to because I've managed to fix what was oh, nice. stopping things. Um, but yeah, the, the last couple of days, I, d I kind of, I don't know, I've, I've just never done that well on it. So I'm kind of used to just posting pictures and it not doing well. And before I used to like, well, I'm never posting pictures like that ever again. And now I'm like, I don't really care. I like it. It represents how I like to present myself. So I'm just going to keep that there and it's fine. It is what it is. Well, it's great that you're not, cause like I'm, I used to be TikTok used to be big for me, but it died out several months ago. And so I've been primarily reliant on Instagram, but now they're like throttling me. I always I guess because I've always been known to do hardcore porn, neither of those platforms has been that great for me because I just yeah. get deleted or shadow banned straight away. So I've always just focused more on Twitter because they've always just been more tolerant of, <laughs> of everything yeah. um but I'm finding my even my engagement on there's not as good so as of this week I'm like right I need to be engaging with people on them more because I have a huge following but I just don't get the engagement because I don't make the effort to, <laughs> to to get any engagement so I'm like right I need to focus on that more I don't know I just always felt like for me it just felt like I was just constantly fighting with TikTok and Instagram so um, I was like, they don't want me here, so there's just no point in trying. <laughs> um, well, Instagram used to be really like sticklers, yeah. And now, you know, I see more girls with like sheer tops and stuff like that. It's a little if it's sheer, it's fine. Like you can have like a full front on close up as long as there's a see through fabric. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. I know the pictures. I like. I would get like proper professional, like wide angle, like mostly landscape. I'm in a bikini. It will get deleted. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I'm in a bikini on a beach. It's gorgeous. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It doesn't get likes, but it's fine. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Go look at her Instagram. Well, you were saying with the tracking the views, I've always tracked my income because I think sometimes it can be also really scary when you have like a, a lower earning month and you're like oh my god what have I done and it's really easy to fall into the trap of like right I need to rethink my entire strategy and completely redo how I'm doing everything because this isn't working um but I've kept a spreadsheet for like 
four or five years now where I just put in my totals for every month across each platform. And so now when that happens, I just go and check back at the last couple of years and I'm like, oh, that happened last year. It's just it's just what happens at this time of year. People are just... Are you so jealous? He yeah, wishes I, I did stuff like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> not that I'm not wired like that. I'm very much like that with uh, with tracking stuff and Sierra's completely opposite. So, you know, when when stuff happens or her results go down, I'll be like, there's nothing like if you just look back, there's nothing actually unordinary going on. Um, but yeah, we, we have that struggle all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in quite a few group chats with other creators and I'm always the one that kind of rationalizing stuff whilst everyone else is like freaking out. I'm just like, no, if you look at the facts, then when people hate, people are like, oh, <laughs> but yeah, now it's always quiet because people spend all their money at Christmas and they've got their credit card bills to pay off and then. And then uh, things start to pick well, up again now. And Super Bowl's coming up. Like, um, when is yes. it? This week or next week? Yeah, Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always pretty slow going towards towards Super Bowl. So that's yeah, something people, people are busy with LSC. Yeah. But then also people have been drinking and once it's finished, sometimes things pick up. Yeah, so I'm sure that there will be a, a rebound and then uh, – the cycle will continue. <laughs> well, I also just like, I was sick for a while. So I took some, you know, I wasn't quite as active. And so that coming back from being slightly more than slightly inactive, only slightly working, I guess, for a couple months. And then this Instagram thing happened at the same time. So I did, I like came back to work and was like, what the fuck is happening? Did I lose this whole thing? Do I need to retire? I don't like, what's going on and he's like just don't look at it just and i'm like <laughs> seriously well so okay because for us so we started obviously um well i don't know if you know our whole backstory but we started in um 2000 late 2021 early 2022 and um we were hitting it real hard that's when i started the documenting everything on youtube and stuff like that and then since then sierra's um well, over really the last year, she's kind of only worked part-time on OnlyFans. And so for you, how much time, well, first of all, what, what's kind of an average month for you on OnlyFans money-wise? And then how much time do you spend to earn that? Um, so I earn between ten to 15000 a month. Wow, that's really good. I'd like it to be more, but yeah, it's, it's okay. And kind of consistently around that 1% mark. I'd love to be into the naught points, but I just, yeah, I sort of just creep in and then back out again. I never seem really to quite, good. Yeah. I never seem to quite get any further. I'm always every, I'm always working to be like, right, what do I need to switch up? How do I just get that next bit of growth? But um, yeah, we'll see. It'll come, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, very consistently around there. I have a lot of friends that have made a lot more and then have dropped to way, way lower than that. Whereas I have just very, it's just consistently stayed around that point for for like a good two or three years now. Um, and I just like to be efficient. I like to batch work everything. Um, I'm trying to make that even more efficient. So currently I film once a week. And I kind of feel like I have to because I get custom orders and they just get 
Well, they get annoyed if you don't send them their custom within about five minutes, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I like a week turnaround. Um, so I kind of feel like I have to film at least once a week. I would like to just film once a month. That would, that would suit me perfectly. But I think because of customs, I, I kind of have to do it weekly. Um, and, um, yeah, I just like to edit everything. And then I have a guy that does all my uploads for me. Cause I just, I get distracted really easily and I will start uploading something somewhere and then I'll be bored of how long it's taking to upload and I'll go off and do something else. And then I'll forget that I was uploading a video. So I outsource the uploading. Um, so yeah, I just edit everything, pop it on a drive and he just, he puts it on my clip stores for me and, and puts it in the, on OnlyFans for me. Um, which is a bit of a lifesaver. That's also saves a lot of time. I don't know how many hours I put in. I really should track it. I'm always reading stuff where they sort of say like track the hours you spend on stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Um, I like to schedule all my social media. I like to spend as little time on it as possible, but I guess realistically, maybe two or three days a week. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so just like a ballpark here, how, like proportionately, how much effort are you spending on the marketing content, you know, tube sites, all, whatever other sites, how much time are you spending on that type of content versus how much time are you spending on the actual OnlyFans, you know, back end uh, portion? Um, I, I try and film content that I can utilize in as many places as possible. Um, I, I I would say most of my time is spent on on the marketing and the social media and all that kind of stuff. Um, like the actual filming of the content, I can I can do that all in like two three hours in a week. Just done. It does seem like there's some like there's some kind of uh, benefits to what you're doing because you you know for kind of mainstream creators, you have to be very segmented with your vanilla content. And then you have to do a completely different style of content for the OnlyFans backend stuff. Um, but for you, you can kind of use that style of content for your front end, you know, because you're on the tube sites and some yeah. of those other sites, you don't have to completely say, you know, there's not a, a very clear line of this yeah. is the type of content I can I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but yeah, I couldn't take back what was already out there. So I kind of just had to run with it. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it seems like, yeah, I mean, it seems like that could work as a benefit. Um, and it seems like it is. I mean, you've obviously got some type of, of um, strategy figured out to where, you know, if you're spending... Basically, my point is, if if you're spending three days a week, a week and you're making ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month, that's a pretty good that trade-off. Like that's pretty yeah. really impressive. For me, I would like to be in a position where I can have several businesses. I don't want OnlyFans to be my life. So I, <laughs> I want that to be like some income that I'm getting, and I would like to to have the capacity to to have other businesses that hopefully making as much money if not more so yeah so do you have do you have what um what are the plans for that do you have other businesses in mind or things that you're working on um I think it'll still be in the adult realm um I I really focus on specific niches at the moment so for me uh cuckolding is like my main niche and then within that there's things like small penis simulation and and um 
that kind of stuff. Um, and I kind of want to break out of everything being Adrena Winters and make it bigger than that and make it more about cuckolding. So I would like a pay site that's cuckolding that where I film other couples and it's not just always me in front of the camera. Um, uh, like I have a, a blog uh, called the Cuckold Academy um, and I'd kind of like to turn that into more of a resource and maybe go into like a an ebook or a course or something like that that can bring in some revenue as well. Um, I write a lot of scripts for my own content and I, I've just today started trying to figure out ways of monetizing that. I noticed on Etsy there's a lot of people selling scripts there and I'm like, well, this is scripts that I've already written that I no longer have a use for. So if I can sell those, then that's good. It just, yeah, just kind of looking at many, many different ways of getting more income revenues. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think, um, I think, you know, you're on, you're definitely onto something with your podcast. Like I think that could definitely become something in terms of uh, a powerful asset for driving, you know, building your community around yes. that niche. Um, and then you could ultimately build all kinds of different businesses and ways to monetize off the back of that. So I think, yeah. you know, that's a really great thing that you're doing with that. Um, what, uh, what, okay. So the, the podcast is, is primary purpose. Is it, is the podcast primary purpose to drive fans to only fans or is that more of like the, you know, what you were just talking about, a kind of separate, separate thing? Um, primarily it's, yeah, just to get traffic to OnlyFans. Um, it's very much geared at the niche that my OnlyFans is about. Um, also I just think it's kind of important to provide value to people and it not always just being about, you have to pay me for stuff. Like I kind of feel like if people can kind of build up a relationship and kind of get a sense of who you are and you're kind of giving them some entertainment then hopefully that then down the line converts into them investing in you on other platforms. I think some people are maybe a bit, little bit slower to convert. So hopefully it helps with that a little bit. Um, and I just, I kind of feel like I'm somewhat of an expert in the field. So it's kind of nice just to utilize that and get that out there and establish myself more, I guess, as a, <laughs> expert in that field um so cool yeah I just yeah I this year my kind of goal was more to I have tons and tons of content and I kind of just want to market it better and expand my audience more and I kind of figured having more safer work platforms and kind of building more of a community would hopefully do that for me yeah, I like the podcast and you have definitely the voice for it. Thank you. And I do my voice. <laughs> your little giggle is really cute. Thank I noticed you. on there, I was like, oh my gosh, her voice is perfect for this. Thank you. I love it. We'll finish off with a few more of these. Um, would you rather things? And then uh, are you cherry picking yours again? No, I'm just looking at them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, so she's cherry picking hers. I'm just doing them pure random here. Okay. Okay. Would you rather always introduce yourself to people by saying, I already know you, I've been stalking you for years, or uh, bite off your own pinky finger? Oh. 
I am like a terrible introvert and like approaching anyone in any kind of situation just gives me horrible anxiety. I am almost tempted to say that I would want to chew off my own finger rather than have to embarrass myself uh, or come across as a psycho as my first impression on someone. Um, I'm going to go for the finger thing, yeah. yeah that okay. one is really hard. What would you do? I would probably just tell people I've been stalking them because then I can just be like, I just have to say that. I don't know. And okay, then they but, can choose to believe me or not. Well, what if you could, what if you had to pretend or what if you had to act serious? Like you weren't allowed to be like, Oh, just kidding or whatever. Like you had to actually make them think that that's true. Mm. Well, I also am super introverted. I don't talk to that many people in person. So who am I going to say it to? The clerk at the grocery store? Well, but basically what it means is if you wanted to be friends with someone, you basically can't because you're just going <laughs> to weird them out forever. I don't know. I need these pinkies. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably do the pinky thing too because yeah it's like a one and done you chop it off and then you kind of just forget about it i'm not sure i could physically do it if it came down to it if i actually had to but um i know that was my thought just like <laughs> gnawing at it and it would take a long time well yeah the, the part that makes it hard like if you could have somebody else just chop it with a butcher knife then that's one thing but chewing it off yourself yeah would, yeah, yeah i don't horrible. know that actually yeah that would mm -mm. probably be <laughs> Just be, if you have to chew it off yourself, that changes everything. But all right, what do you got? Okay. Would you rather have a colonoscopy every day for the rest of your life or have your ass grabbed by every person you see? Oh. Oh, dear. That is really hard. Yeah. Um. Well, so a colonoscopy is when they're just looking in there, right? Just stick a camera up there. Yeah. Yeah. But daily, like I feel like that's eventually going to. Yeah, that's a big well, project. And think about that's like the... hours of your day every single day. And think about the prep. You have to like be constantly cleansing, you know, doing the yeah. magnesium or whatever they make you drink. Yeah. Oh, I think a booty pinch, I guess. I mean, I don't leave the house that often, so I guess. It's okay, but then when I do leave the house, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. And I'm, it'd be okay if I'm allowed to punch people in the face. Uh. Yeah, do you have to have a specific reaction or you have, you know? Well, sure, if you want to go to jail, then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for the ass pinching. I feel like it's just like going to a nightclub in the 90s where people thought that was acceptable anyway, so... Uh, yeah, early two thousand. So yeah, I'm gonna go to the 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 pinching. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd do the ass pinching too. For one, I don't really. No one would pinch you on the butt. You're like a giant. <laughs> well, I know, but this is assuming an alternate world where everyone pinches my ass. You do have nice buns. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I would do that one because I don't really like go. I'm not in huge crowds that much anyway. Yeah, he never goes out anyway. And yeah, the colonoscopy, that's like hours out of your day every that's single day. That's terrible. Yeah, no. Can I do admin whilst the colonoscopy's happening? 
All right, let's see. Okay, spend a night in a mortuary cooler amongst other bodies. Um, I don't, okay. Or have sports commenters narrate your sex life live on television. Damn, free advertising? That's oh. a fucking easy one. Yeah, again, as a, as a sex worker, I think the second one seems pretty pretty easy. Yeah, that's a, we did we did one the other day. What was it? It was like have your have your be nude on the New York Times or something else. It was like, damn, yeah, an ad, a free ad on New York Times, you make a million dollars in half a day. All right, sign me up. Yeah, that was too <laughs> easy. Okay, one more. Okay. Would you rather get scalded on your inner thigh with a branding iron or have your mom rub your shoulders and provide words of encouragement every time you have sex? Oh, God. Oh, dear. Uh, I'm going to go for the branding. Yeah, that's a one and done. 100%. Super easy. I mean, it would hurt, but um, yeah, once it's over with, it's over with. Yeah. Versus having your mom, that's a, that's. I just ruined yeah, your all, entire sex life for the rest of your life. Just now. Yeah, life sentence. There's a lot of ones in here where it's like. I feel like it would do well on Pornhub. I feel like the content would sell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're stuck, if you're stuck with that one, then you might as well try to capitalize on it. All right. Well, that's pretty much the whole thing. I guess the la the last thing we'll finish off with here is. If you, so doing everything you've done and everything you've seen and kind of all the experience you have so far, I mean, you have a pretty unique expect, um, perspective kind of being on both sides of OnlyFans and the more, um, you know, professional side of it. Mm -hmm. What would kind of be your biggest advice to somebody who's thinking about getting into the industry? Um, I guess what is the kind of the biggest pitfalls that you would recommend to avoid? Um, for me, I think planning is really important. I think like really research um, what it is you want to put out there, look at, look like for inspo, look at what other people are doing, ask for advice, watch YouTube videos, like just really, really figure out exactly what it is that you want to put out there. Um um, I really recommend picking a niche. I think that that's helpful. Um, but if you are, make sure it's something that you are into. I think if you're trying to pick something just because it's a trend or um, you think that's what people will like, but you're not actually into it, like filming is going to be such a chore for you and you're just going to resent doing it and it's not going to be easy. You want to do something that's fun that you enjoy and that, you will look forward to to doing i think that's my my opinion anyway perfect mic drop <laughs>